So it's almost uh, 20 years ago now. Uh, my brother, my second youngest brother, uh, John, he died in an accident at work. Uh, he went to work one day, worked for the city here in St. Charles, by the way, and he was doing something over on the east side, and there was this thing that happens, uh, and he died instantly. Um, so, you know, I, it's still like it happened yesterday. But back then, you know, as anybody, any of us goes through death, it's, it's, it's a painful, wrenching experience, right? And, and I just, I, I remember just the, the whole process, you know, with my family, we're pretty tight, and you know, death can do one of two things, it either draws you closer together or pulls you further apart. Well, you know, one of the miracles, one of the things that God, you know, he works everything to the good, even these things, he drew our family even closer together, and lots of other miracles besides, but at the time, it was, it was, it was pretty tough. And I, and I remember uh, shortly after, uh, after the death, after the funeral, I was the associate pastor of the Angels of Aurora. I've been a priest uh, four years at the time. I did his funeral uh, here at St. Pat's. And uh, I was coming into the rectory at Holy Angels there uh, one evening, and I, as I was coming in, in through the garage, it was a lower level. There's the the, the uh, furnace room, the utility room, was off to the right. And I needed to get something and bring it upstairs. And so as I went in, um, looking for my this thing, and I don't even remember what it was, but I, I saw this this table over in the corner, this old dusty corner next to the furnace, and and I and I just I kind of stopped and I looked at it, and I. And I, it was just this old, beat-up table, layers of paint. It was, it was scratched, chipped. It was, it was a mess, old and forlorn and forgotten. And you know, I instantly bonded with this table because it looked like how I felt, right? And and I, man, uh, I, I got to do something about that table. So I asked the pastor, Father Godman, said, "Can I have the table?" He goes, "What table?" And I said, that's over there in the corner, because that thing has probably been there for 100 years. You know, I have had it. So I took it, and I, I started to uh, work on it. Hours of work, I just, you know, spray paint, sanding, uh, you know, getting the scratches out, filling in the, the rough spots. And it occurred to me, this is, this kind of, this was my brother. He's working on my grief, but... Because, you know, my brother was a complicated guy. Lovely man. Loved everybody. Everybody loved him. He, you know, had been recently married and left behind his beautiful wife and a baby daughter. And, and in terms of him, you know, his, his relationship with Jesus was a work in process. And, you know, he had even kind of stepped away from the church a little bit. And was, he was moving back. And then this thing happened. Took it all away. And so, you know, this is my brother. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm smoothing out the rough spots. Do you guys want to see the tape? Alright. Alright, so here it is. Alright. This. Alright. So, so this was there in this old utility room for decades. Just a disaster. And working on my grief, 
Look how it, it's beautiful. Don't you think that this is what we do for the people that we love? Especially the people who we love who die. Isn't this why we have masses set for people? Isn't this why we pray for people? Because we, we want to take all the rust up and we want to smooth it away so that they can be beautiful as they're embraced by Jesus when they get to heaven. I was uh, talking to my folks one day at the kitchen table shortly after the death. And they're just, they're grasping for anything. And, and they said, you know, my mom's like, Danny, tell me he's in heaven. Tell me he's in heaven. He said, Mom, he's in heaven. Right? Maybe not yet. Right? Uh, because it isn't, isn't it great that we've got purgatory as our, as our fail-safe, right? We need it. And as I said, his relationship with Jesus is gone. I said, but we're going to pray for him. We're going to say a massive set for him. We're going to love him. It's the last thing we do. I said, yeah, he's, he's not. He's on his way. And that was enough. It was enough for them. It was enough for me. We've got to have hope. That's why, even to this day, 20 years later, there's still masses set in this parish for John Birch. A lovely guy who had a complicated uh, relationship with Jesus. So, I've, I've been thinking about this this week. It's all, you know, again, All Saints, All Souls Month. And, you know, I went to visit his grave on All Souls because we should do that for our dead. We've got a plenary indulgence, so we do that, you know. Um, we go visit our dead relatives at the cemetery and all sorts of things. So he's been on my mind. Um, but then these readings pop up. And, you know, you got the, the Matthews. These guys are strong. strong. There wasn't anything complicated about their relationship with God. He was everything. And here's this culture, government, that steps in between them and God and says, apostatize, give up your faith, or we're going to kill you. And they say, well, kill us, because we're not giving up our faith. That's all we got. So one by one, these brothers are, are taken out. And meanwhile, the mom is standing there, and they leave this part out. This is the best part. The mom is standing there, and it's like, don't you even think about recanting your faith. Don't even think about trying to save your life by giving up your faith. I'd rather see you dead than hell. That's what she says to them. All seven are dead, and then they take her. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we live in a culture that tries to make us feel as though this is all that there is? We live life in sleepwalking, where this life, these limited years that I have, are all that I'm going to get. And yeah, there's, you know, there's heaven and Jesus, but right now I'm just going to take what I can get and live it to the full. Is that other thing is so far off and maybe isn't even there. So just do it now. It's sad. It was at uh, RE some time ago talking uh, with a little group at my table kids, we're just talking about stuff, and, you know, the subject, you know, mass came up, and 
And this kid, without any shyness or just, he was just saying what he felt. He goes, yeah, we don't go. We don't go to Mass. And I didn't say, I mean, I just, we just, I wanted the conversation to proceed. I said, well, tell me, do you feel like you're, are you, are you missing something? Just, I don't know, maybe, but you know, not really. I've got soccer. <laughs> That's a wall to climb. I got soccer. I got this. I got that. So I knew this. You got this conversation that Jesus is having with the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection. So they're sad, you see? <laughs> so these poor guys, like, you know, they, they come up with this ridiculous image of the seven brothers who, who died, which is a direct reference to Matthews, who are firmly ensconced in, in the belief of the life of the world to come, so much so that they're willing to give up everything now because what we have now is so limited in such a short period of time compared to the eternity that awaits us. Nothing here should keep us from the vision of the vastness of the expanse of eternity that is promised to us in the life of faith. And so Jesus like, goes right back at it. Your, your analogy is cool. In this world, we marry and are given in marriage. And so it goes to this, this thing about marriage. In this world, we marry and are given in marriage, but in heaven, no. We, we neither marry nor are given in marriage. Because we hear that, and it, it hurts a little bit, because we're like, wait a minute. I'm still going to be married to my spouse when I get to heaven, right? Hold that thought. Let's talk about marriage for just a second. What is it? What is sacramental marriage? When two people stand here and say, I do, what are they saying I do to? They're saying I do in becoming a new creation, one body of Jesus. And so that when we look at a married couple, we look at somebody and say, that's Jesus. That's the bridegroom. That's my future. We look at married, sacramentally married people, husband and wife, and we say, that is my future. Married couples are here to witness to the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. They do it now so that we can do it then. Part and parcel of married life is the mutual benefit of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. Of, of taking care of each other, getting each other to heaven, and raising up those children so they can get to heaven too. That's a married couple's job. That's what the witness is all about. So in this world, we marry given a marriage, but in heaven, do I need to be married? No. Because what my whole marriage was supposed to be about has been accomplished. I got my spouse to heaven. Now, I will know my spouse in heaven, and I will be overjoyed to be there with them in heaven. But we will find our joy in looking at the one who we were during our married life. We will, we will find our joy in looking at the one who is now our bridegroom. Jesus, the bridegroom. 
on the bed of the cross, gives his body to us, his bride, and marries us. Which is why married couples, when they stand here and say, I do to each other, are not married yet. When are they married? When they consummate the marriage on the marriage bed. That's when the marriage is complete. In the one flesh union. In the ecstasy of the one flesh union. Here's, a, here's another image. I don't know if, we, if, they, if it's still customary or not, but do you remember when the husband used to carry uh, the wife over the threshold into the bedchamber? Do you remember this? Is it still done? I hope so. It's a beautiful image. Alright? So the husband carries his wife over this threshold, this thin strip, into the bedchamber to share in the ecstasy of the one flesh union which is a symbol of heaven. That the two will become Christ in the one flesh union. All right. That threshold is a thin strip. That represents this life. That's all this is. You and I, what we're doing, what we do for all the years that are granted to us by God's grace. This is it. This little thin strip. And we're, we're walking in over it in the wedding. Into the vast expanse of the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. An eternity where we share our love with each other and with Christ. What this is, it's all to work out the gift of salvation and to merit the, the, the rewards of eternal life. So small, so short, but I've got soccer. So short. But what, what's on the other side? Brothers and sisters, it's, uh, it's, there's a theologian who says this, heaven is, heaven is this, the resurrection is this, that in the, in the, in the gift, the final forgiveness, we experience a pulsating, throbbing presence, complete fullness, complete awareness of the resurrection in our being by the Holy Spirit. We experience a complete union and complete love with Jesus, our bridegroom, as he gives his body to us on the bed of the cross and marries us, his bride, the church. And so I stand there with all those I know and love and have lived with and who I have died with, now all of us together in heaven, looking at the one who is for us the goal of all of our existence. On the bed of the cross, Christ gives himself to us, the bride, in the wedding feast of the Lamb. And married couples are here as a sign to us to remind us that this is what life is all about, to be with Him forever. And to help us, He gives us this taste of the one flesh ecstatic union on this altar in an unbloodied way. He gives us the bridegroom as giving us His bride, His body. And we come up here and we say, Amen, I do. Which is, I do, I do. He's offering us, He's our bridegroom. And we're the bride, and we're saying, I do. And we take his body into us, and we become one with him. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it awesome? Life is so short as we step over the threshold to be with our bridegroom forever. Don't waste it. I don't think that this is all there is. This is a mere fraction the existence awaits for you and I and my brother.
So, this is this table. It, it's in my, it's in my, uh, my sitting room, my office over in the house. And it's where I have my coffee. It's my coffee table. My brother John and I have coffee every morning. Sometimes, I spill my coffee. With my hand, I wipe the stain away. Just like Jesus does with our sins.